Blog Talk Radio. everyone, and welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. I am your co-host, Sherelle Baker, and it's great to have you here tonight. And our host, David Baker. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Angel. I'm doing really good. I'm happy. Uh, We have a wonderful guest on today, Sandy, and I'm really excited about having her on. Today is uh, May 15, 2011. It's Sunday. You're on Beyond the Gate Radio. Welcome, everybody. I hope everybody had an awesome day. And so now you can sit down and wind down and be entertained and relaxed while you listen to this great show. Feel free to follow us if you're on the website. And also join us in chat. And please feel free to call in as well. Tomorrow we're going to have a great guest, a special show. I don't always have shows on Mondays, but uh, every now and then I do. We're going to have... um, Tom Flynn, international medium and healer from the UK. I've met him a few times before, and he'll be on the show tomorrow. It'll be an early time at 4 p.m. Pacific time, so come in a little early for that. But tonight, boy, have we got somebody special. Not only is she a psychic and a medium, she's a radio host, and she's a published author and a good friend of ours, too, and she's really highly gifted, and she's definitely a beautiful soul. You know, the work that we do is really amazing. I just want to mention briefly that death is not the end of it. In uh, Plato's time, Socrates spoke of how a person's spirit leaves and crosses over to the, the spirit world with their spirit guides and friends when you die. How he was aware of that back then, I think he was really uh, highly intuitive himself because he was a great teacher. And also other things that come to mind tonight, which I'd really like to mention later on, Sandy Well as well because it's in her book and her biography. It's about something I feel really passionate or interested in. And it was a book called Life After Life. It was written by Raymond A. Moody, Jr., a doctor, 
he speaks about near-death experiences. That's very interesting. So there's going to be a lot of great things coming on the show tonight. We're going to talk with Sandy and take some calls. But first, I'd like to tell everybody that's not familiar with her a little bit about her. What I'm going to do is tell you just a little bit about her and her book. Sandy's family background originates from the plains of Zimbabwe, believe it or not. As a child, she was taken to visit witch doctors who predicted the future by throwing bones. Isn't that amazing? I find that no matter who you go to see, wherever on this earth that does that, everybody has a different method, but it seems to work. So today, she is on a personal quest to seek a deeper understanding of the human soul. Her book, Butterfly Soul, she tells a little bit about the introduction. Butterfly Soul is about a personal metamorphosis filled with messages and miracles from heaven and centers around a transforming near-death experience. Before the NDE, which is short for near-death experience, Sandy was both a scientist and a teacher living a very ordinary life, but then in 2006 was forever changed after a near-death experience in a direct connection with God. This event changed her perceptions about the big picture. She is no longer satisfied with her life and feels the need to change. Through change, though change is generally hard because it involves breaking away from old mindsets, she knows that she must in order to realize her true potential and destiny. Along the way, she learns to overcome serious health issues, self-doubt, and fear, things she has battled for the last 38 years. While becoming stronger in mind, body, and spirit, she also discovers her emerging, emerging spiritual gifts as well. The deceased grandmother who makes herself known to Sandy leaving science and clues in everyday life. Sandy's main message is one of hope and inspiration that speaks volumes about walking our men path in life. Life, after all, is an amazing adventure that is meant to be lived. And you know what? I couldn't agree more. I try to tell it to everybody as often as I can in my own way. With that said, we welcome Sandy to Beyond the Gate Radio. Hello, Sandy. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. I am, too. I'm doing great. I'm sure Sherelle is, too. Yes, I am. Sandy, thank you so much for being on the show today. How's uh, how are things going for you? Busy, <laughs> very very busy. I, I I don't have a dull moment. I really don't think um, I'm going twenty four seven. I have so many things going on, but you know it's what I'm doing. Um, it, it's part of my path, and I'm very excited about it. And um, you know, it's just a meant thing. So I'm feeling really good and really good tonight, and uh, just happy to be here to discuss it all. Well, we thank Great. you so much. Uh, for being here, we originally met on the internet, and we were—I was on your show, and I had an awesome time. I really enjoyed it, and I picked up a lot of things on you while I was uh, your guest, and that was about all your gifts. And I thought your energy was really clear, and you have a lot of wisdom in you, and it looks like you're now sharing that with everybody with your story, in addition to your experiences, your story. 
But before we go into your book, could you tell us, I touched upon it a little bit, about how this all came about in your life. Did you have a realization early of your gifts, or did it run in the family? What exactly is your earliest memory of this? Oh, it goes way, way back. I would say um, as early as maybe the age of five or six. But you know something funny? My mother always told me when I was a child that she thought I was reincarnated too soon. Um, I just, I had a lot of anxiety coming into this world. I was a very nervous little girl. But, you know, something happened at at about the age of five or six. Um, I'm an asthmatic. Um, I have been my entire life. And I've had some close calls. And in the beginning, at about age five, uh, I remember laying on the couch with my mother and I was having a lot of trouble breathing. And I remember looking at her and seriously thought I was going to die at that time. And I told my mom, I said, you know, I said, Mom, if I die, I promise that I'll wait for you. Because even then, at that young age, I knew that there was a continuum, that life continued after death. And it didn't scare me at all. It didn't. It didn't bother me at all. And so at an early age, I knew that there was much more that we couldn't even see with our eyes, but we could see with our heart. I absolutely knew that without a shadow of a doubt. Um, as I got older, though, you know, I I tend to, uh, as a child, you know, from Zimbabwe, when we were there, we, we used to, you know, go to the witch doctors, and my parent, my mom really embraced that that part of me. Um, she used to play ESP games with me and such, and you know. But as I grew older, as a teen, I sort of tucked it away, and um, I, I didn't really think about that side of me or acknowledge it. I, you know, I'm meaning to say, I didn't really acknowledge it um, until again after my near-death experience. And keep in mind, that's years and years later, because when I had my near-death experience, I was in my 30s. So. All that time prior, I had sort of tucked it away, but I did have that intuitive side, uh, if you will, the gift from the beginning, um, which I believe my grandmother, um, who was born and raised in Zimbabwe, I believe she had the gift also. Um, She's been deceased now for about 22 years. Um, But I had to have the near-death experience in order to realize the gift again. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, I find it interesting. I, I do not know of a lot of people that grew up as asthmatics. My sister still is. I had it severe when I was young, and it caused me to asthma caused me to miss school. Mm-hmm. I had an asthma attack. I almost died. Uh, I stopped breathing, and, and I guess uh, my stepmother got help in time. I, they gave me a shot. I was able to start breathing again. That's the only time I had that close of a call. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it stopped bothering me once I uh, grew into my teens, which is good. But the other thing is, where well, you said that you had a knowing of, of many things. My younger sister tells me, I said, uh, when we were children, she used to ask me about all these questions about what happens when you die in heaven, and I give her all these answers. Like, wow, that's amazing. So that you know, some of the things that you said reminds me of me when I was younger. Now, I wanted to ask you about your near-death experience, if you don't mind talking about that. Sure, absolutely. 
Okay, uh, exactly. Could you give us a setting as to what kind of led up to it and then what happened when you went into it? Yes, absolutely. Well, leading up to the near-death experience, you know, I had been a a public school teacher um, for high school as well as middle school-aged children. And leading up to the near-death experience, it was actually, it happened on a day um, that I had taken over 100 kids to an amusement park. And um, I knew that day that I was not feeling well. And I remember calling a teacher and saying, and telling her, you know, I don't think I should go. I was just having a really, really bad feeling. Um, and to even, let's back up just a moment before I get into that. There's something really important I need to say because leading up to that near-death experience, um, I had a light display in my bedroom. This is something that I I hadn't read about. Um, you have to put yourself in my mindset at the time this happened. I was a scientist. I, I'm trained in the sciences. I have three college degrees, and I was very left brain. I was, um, you know, not really open to my spiritual side. So you know what I'm saying? Um, right. Yeah. So. I was laying in bed leading up to the near-death experience, and all of a sudden I saw a light display that was going up the dresser, and they were like soft-colored bubbles of light. And it scared me at first. I didn't know what was going on at all. And then it led to a spotlight that was right above me. It looked like a spotlight that you would see on a stage, like literally on a stage, And I'm staring at it, and it's just right on top of me. And, you know, it was sort of silly. I I pulled the covers over my head. I didn't know what else to do. I mean, you you hear about people who've had near-death experiences or experiences with uh, the realm of spirit, and they say it's such an epiphany. Well, I didn't know what the heck was going on. I mean, really. So, yeah, it was really, it really scared me a little bit. And then a few more very spiritual things, connections happened to me. But nonetheless, I went to, I took the children to the amusement park, even though I knew I shouldn't have, and I was feeling quite ill. And then I remember the teacher next to me, the last words that I, that I muttered were, I said, please get me inside, I'm not feeling well. And then I, within a split second, I couldn't breathe. My throat was swelling shut. I was having anaphylaxis. Wow. Yeah. At the moment, um, at the time, excuse me, um, I didn't know. I, I had something called OAS, which is oral allergy syndrome. And during high pollen, I react to raw fruits and vegetables. So my body thinks I'm actually eating grass pollen when I'm eating a fruit because the proteins are so similar. So I had eaten some fruit, and I started to go into anaphylaxis, and um, I couldn't breathe through my nose or my mouth. I was terrified. And what's worse is I didn't tell anyone I was with that, um, that I was an asthmatic and that I had the potential of having something like that. They thought I was joking. So nobody oh, when you, yeah. When you started, when you asked to be taken inside, they thought you were joking at that point? They thought I was joking. They thought that 
when I stopped breathing, I stood up and I tried to get everyone's attention, but see, I couldn't speak. I couldn't talk. Oh, that's right. That's and right. so because my throat was swollen, my um, my nose, I couldn't breathe through my nose or my mouth, and I knew that I had very limited time. I I knew that. And so it was terrifying to me, and they thought I was joking. Um, they couldn't communicate with the people around us because all the people that were cleaning and all the workers didn't speak English. They were Spanish-speaking. So they were trying to get me an ambulance, and they couldn't communicate. Um, it, it seemed like time, it, it just sort of it stood still. I, I couldn't, um, they couldn't get help. Well, my senses began to shut down completely. I could no longer hear. I lost my hearing. Uh, I couldn't breathe. Um, it, it was just one thing. And, and you know, the strange thing about it was that as my senses continued to shut down, I became more aware than ever before. It was a very different sensation uh, of awareness or consciousness, if you will. Um, although, albeit, um, the first part of that, I was still very afraid of what was happening to me because I couldn't hear anybody and I could see the faces around me and they were screaming. I could tell they were shouting and their, their, the looks on their faces and uh, nobody would come near me either. Everybody just stood back, and they kept backing up like like they could get what I had or something. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, here I am. I'm going to die in front of my students, in front of my coworkers. Um, this is it. You know, this is this is terrible. Um, and then at once, I don't have any idea the, the time frame of all of this. Um, but after my hearing shut down, um, then I felt that I, I started to lose my vision. It was like someone had dropped a veil in front of my eyes. It was like blurry. And and then that's when I felt enclosed, like almost like in a tube of some sort. And that's when I started to have a conversation with God. He got my attention. And that's the first time in that whole experience that I actually relaxed. My entire body just completely relaxed. Because he had my full attention, which is what he's been trying to get my entire life. And he just, I'm I'm a very stubborn person. um, And I guess that he he almost had to kill me to get my attention. And it worked. In my book, I Yes. In my book, I do discuss the conversation that I had with God. It was through telepathy and through thoughts. He communicated with me. And one of the most beautiful things about God that I want to share with the world is that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter if, you, if you've gone to church or not, I was not a church-going person, although I, I am a Christian, I was not a church-going person. Um, I didn't really practice Christianity in a traditional sense at all. But the most beautiful thing about God is that none of that mattered. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it, it didn't matter whatsoever. I did not feel punished. I didn't feel judged. 
but I did feel sorry because he he made me look at some of the things in my life going way back to my childhood. Um, and I was so sad and so disappointed with myself. But yet he wasn't disappointed with me, but he did want my attention. And through our conversation, through telepathy, it was brief, but it was to the point, and it was something that I had to have. I have not been the same since that conversation. I am super, super sensitive to anything uh, evil in this world, to anything that's negative in this world. I am super, super sensitive to those things uh, following that experience. So as a teacher and a scientist, yes. Uh, in a way, the way you grew up intuitively, you, you kind of, on the one hand, knew something that was always there, but maybe didn't pay enough attention to it at the time to really make a big difference, but you kind of just, well, it's there, that's good. Then you went, you were taught, became a teacher, you know, scientist, so now you're into uh, logic, you know, uh, like Spock says, if he doesn't agree with something, you know, human emotion or something that could be, that can't be explained by science, he says that is not logical, so it could not be so. But I guess you discovered that scientist doesn't have the answer to everything and that there are some things that can't be experienced with science. It must be personally and that you have had it proven to you through your spiritual side because, you know, I assume that since you're not delusional, have psychoses, bipolarism, you know, you are of sound mind that you're not given into imagination, which ha takes time to create anyway, that from the experience that you had and subsequent experiences you've had with your gift after that, that this is like, how do you deal with something like that, the two sides? Now you're starting to examine the other logical side from a different viewpoint, or how do you, you know, how does that work for you? Uh, I tell you, it's been a process of about five years, and following the near-death experience, I didn't discuss this actually with anybody uh, for about a year. I became very withdrawn, which is unlike me. I'm very outgoing, very gregarious, but I became very withdrawn for about a year, uh, I didn't want to discuss it. I didn't even discuss it with my husband. I mean, I didn't discuss it with anybody. And then um, I tried to tuck it away again and tried to be just a normal person, whatever that is, a normal person doing my job, going to school, going to work. And then God started to give me signs again. And everywhere I turned, there was another sign. And so what I discussed um, in the book is these different little signs, and I include photographs, never-before-seen photographs of some of this interaction. Um, and that, I, I couldn't turn away from that spiritual side anymore. It was just something that, that he just wasn't going to take no for an answer. <laughs> Basically, uh, God and his messengers, angels and guides, my deceased loved ones, they, they all worked in concert to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, you've got a mission, you've got a purpose, you've got a path, you've got to follow it. 
we're not going to give up until you recognize this, until you recognize your path and what you need to do. I mean, literally everywhere I've turned, I had one day where I was interacting with the kids and I kept thinking about angels. That day, I saw glitter materialize out of thin air. It was gold. Right in front of my wow. eyes. That's yes. awesome. It was totally awesome. And two of the children saw it. And one of them, they're little, they're sixth graders, and one of them says, Sparkles. She said, Did you see that? And I said, Absolutely. And it was literally wow. right in front of our faces. It was gold metallic glitter. Wow. I, I, I feel like I've been in a movie. I don't even feel like I've been living a, like a normal human life. I feel like I've been in a movie. Um, the things that I've experienced, the things that I've seen, uh, I have since seen apparitions. Um, my entire like my grandmother's been deceased for about 22 years, and I, you know, you know, my left brain, my scientist sort of self kept saying, well. You know, I loved her, but she's passed on, you know, this and that. And so I didn't really think too much more about it. But then after my near-death experience, I kept feeling like there was some presence helping me. Not a haunting, not like my house is haunted, something like that, but more of throughout my life that somebody is actually helping guide my ways, helping me make decisions. Um, I remember I was trying to make a really bad decision. I'm I'm good at that sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'm a real stubborn person. And I was making a really bad choice. Well, I was sitting upstairs, and I kept hearing the door, my ba- my basement door, just slamming and slamming and slamming. And then I said out loud, okay, I guess I'm making the wrong decision. Am I not? And another slam. And I thought, Confirmation. you know. <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking, yeah. who is this? Yeah, it must be. You know, I kept getting the vibe that, you know, maybe it's my grandmother. Uh, you know, maybe it could possibly be her because I kept getting her name in my mind. And mm. that's one of the things, you know, after the near-death experience, I kept getting um, intuitive hits. I kept, like, knowing what was going to happen before it happened or knowing what somebody was thinking or that kind of stuff. And so in addition, yeah, in addition to that and getting the intuitive um, side of me that was just completely blossoming. Um, I, I, I again had that presence around me that was guiding me, and then I, um, about two years after the near death, and I would say it was about 2008, I saw my grandmother's apparition. There was no doubt that she was the one that's been with me, saying, "Hey, you know, you've got to wake up." Um, as I as I've said before in, in other circumstances, you know, God and His messengers, His angels and guides and our loved ones, they work in concert to make sure that we have the best life and path possible. But it's up to us to make choices, and sometimes we make wrong choices that hurt us. You know, we have to go from point A to point B. You know, I feel that our lives are, are scripted. I feel that we've—it's like making an agreement. You've made a decision. This is what where I'm, I'm going to be. This is where I want to be. But it's up to you to make choices on how you're going to get there. And some of us have trouble recognizing our mission. I had a lot of trouble with that. And so, 
the messengers and guides and my grandmother have been really working very, I would say, overtime to get me to recognize what that is. And so a lot of this, what's gone on with me in the last five years is a discovery of what do you want me to do, you know, what is my path, what is my purpose, how can I live it and do the best job possible. And so that's been, uh, I guess, the awakening process that I've, that I've gone through. But one of the most amazing things that have, that's happened to me is communicating um, with the spiritual realm. Because that's something that I just, again, had really tucked away. But, you know, after I I saw my grandmother's apparition, and by the way, when I saw my grandmother's apparition, um, I was folding laundry, something so mundane. No, no, yeah. It sounds like it's mundane, but it it really isn't. It's kind of like um, it lets your mind go, you know, it's not controlling. It just kind of lets you relax and let your mind go and accept. That's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, I was folding laundry. And then um, I looked up, and there she was. And she was walking up the stairs, but she looked solid. She didn't look transparent, which is sometimes in the shows you, you know, they'll talk about, um, you know, what an apparition is like. But she looked solid to me. She looked real. And I was watching her. The minute I made a gesture to walk towards her, she she vanished, which broke my heart. Um, you know, I called my mother that night and I said to her, you know, um, this is what she had on. You know, was this something that, that she would have worn? And my mother said, oh, yes, that she loved to wear that, especially while gardening in Africa. She had on this beautiful uh, knitted white sweat, long sleeve sweater. And apparently she did have one that she wore all the time. Well, that's amazing. They can visit you when it's necessary, when you need them, when, you know, they feel that it's time to sh- to give you a message. And it takes a lot of help from other spirits to give them energy for them to project themselves down here so you can see an apparition. And that's why sometimes you'll see a face or see somebody in a white light, see through them, partial apparition, full apparition, you can see through them. And, and at times, and, you know, the kind that you saw, of course, is very rare, but it does happen. Uh, an apparition that looks like a person, a real person is there. You can't see through them. You can't tell the difference. And then they fade away. And... You know, that's totally amazing, and there's definitely a reason for that. And you've gotten, I guess they've been giving you at the right time certain confirmations about your gift, which kept you on the path. And yeah. in addition, that I noticed that when some people, a lot of people, uh, psychic mediums, have had near-death experiences, it seemed to either open something up or greatly heighten their abilities and you know, I find that to be amazing too, and I think that that could have been a major turning point for you in your life. For that is concerned as well. At least that's what it sounds like. Well, you know, I had a long conversation with Dr. Raymond Moody about this, and he was telling me that at the time of death, when you have a near-death experience, at the time of death, that there is a, a chemical change. He believes in the brain 
that if you survive it, that there are people that have heightened uh, intuition and uh, a psychic awareness, if you will. Um, and I believe that's what's happened to me. So, and even though I've had that, uh, even as a child, I knew, you know, about the spiritual realm and such. And the, but then I tucked it away. I needed the near-death experience to uh, again wake me up, give me the spiritual boost. Um, but I believe it also enhanced the sense for me as well. So, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, yes. Raymond Moody was uh is awesome. I read his book and other books and said I think it's amazing. But I'm not sure because they, he was struggling throughout his teachings to explain exactly what a near death experience is. And I'm saying that it was a death experience, not a near death experience. For example, a person um, hung himself, was cut down, and I I was one of the people that gave him CPR. Me and the other person checked. He had, because I'm trained in that and first aid. This person had no breath, no heartbeat. This person was dead. I mean, dead, okay? After working on him for 10 minutes and then the paramedics arrived, we got his heart beating and this person breathing again. And a week later, they walked out of the hospital. But it's my, you know, so if somebody has a near death experience and then they're going cold blue and trying to, you know, get you back, whatever the deal is, you're dead. You have the experience, and then you come on back and you're alive again. So I didn't know. It's always been hard for me to say near-death experience, but I suppose that's the best, you know, label we could probably put on it. So, and nobody knows everything about it anyway, but that's just my take on it anyway. But I think it's totally amazing that if you die, in some cases, you have a chance or a possibility, you know, to come stay or come back. Not in all cases, but in some cases. I think that's truly amazing. And I guess in your case, it's because it was for you to come back and do what you're doing right now. Yes, I I definitely believe that because after the near-death experience, I started to have visions and um, images that were individual, one of them involving um, microphone. I kept seeing a microphone. And I'm like, what is this? And why am I seeing a microphone? And then it would go away. And then I would start, you know, then I, before bedtime I would start to kind of my mind would wander and then I would start to think of the, the microphone again. I'm like, this is really strange. And then it started to build. Then I saw a microphone. Then I saw stages. And I started to see people with, you know, with these images. And it's like, well, you know, what's this all about? You know, I'm kind of piecing it together. You know, it doesn't mean anything at all. And so, you know, it just sort of, you know, built upon itself. And I knew um, after some time that it was not just something that I was imagining. This, these were things that were being, information that was being given to me to try to, you know, let me know that I needed to change. I mean, a metamorphosis is about change. And I was afraid of change. You know, change is hard, especially for somebody uh, you know, I've lived a lot of my life very ill. Um, I have an autoimmune problem as well, and that was not diagnosed properly until uh, my late 30s. And so, I mean, I was very, very sick. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I need to change. You know, it took me time to get over the near-death experience. I, I was very sick after that as well. 
I thought, okay, well, what do you want me to do? I mean, how do you want me um, to do this or expect me to do such a thing? You know, who's going to who's going to be on board with this? You know, my family, my friends, they're all going to think I'm crazy. You know, here I am, you know, being a science person, and now I'm doing what? Something with a microphone. And, I mean, it's like, who do you tell? But I had to, right. to get over all of that. It was really hard. And they came to accept it? Um, I would say some did and some didn't. Um, some didn't. And when they didn't, um, it was hard. You know, I it was part of the letting go process. So, you know, the letting go process for a lot of people, uh, it's just something that we need to do. We need to allow change to come into our lives because that's what life is all about. We're in a life school. We're learning this is a school for souls, and we're not here to just live the mundane life and forget about the spiritual side. We need balance, and each one of us has a purpose. And so I had to learn that purpose. I had to learn that it's okay to be who I am, even though some people don't accept it. Um, it it's just it's okay. I can walk my path with my chin up and and stop being so concerned with people's judgments, people's opinions. Um, you know. It's amazing you say that because I, I was just thinking the same thing that when I started it, there was a few people that every time they saw me, you know, and Cheryl asked me, "Does that bother you?" And I said, "Nah, they can poke fun at me. I don't care." As not, I'm walking my path, not them, and I'm going to do it no matter what people say. And I just kept doing it, and everything's fine. Now those people aren't going anymore, but uh, it doesn't matter one way or the other. And so that's exactly, exactly what you just said. You know, we got to be psychic, really psychic or telepathic because a lot of stuff, and I was going to ask you, you go ahead and say it later on so I don't have to ask you it. So I just thought <laughs> I'd mention this. And then the butterfly, <laughs> and the butterfly on your book is a sign of transformation or of change. So I think it's appropriate for your book, right, Cheryl? Yes, I think it is. I um, the, and I agree with you, David. There was a lot of things that I was thinking about when she, uh, when Sandy, when you were talking, and you were talking about your grandmother and how she was walking up the stairs and. At that moment, I could see my grandmother. My grandmother is also my my guide, and she. Every time I ring the towel out the wrong way, I can hear her saying, "Baby, don't ring the towel. You're ringing the towel out the wrong way. You know, you don't get enough water out." And it's like this whole learning thing. But I, she has been my connection, and so I could see. Um, I could see that, and when you said she was walking up the stairs. I instantly saw my grandmother, and I, it was just, that's, I can't explain it. It's hard to explain it. I don't have um, the words to explain it like you and David do, but I, I understand. I do understand. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, and, you know, it's just, I, I tell you, this five years has been an amazing journey and I can't imagine what the next I don't know how many years I mean I don't know what the rest of my life is going to be like but if it's anything that 
I've lived so far, it's going to be incredible. Uh, life is an adventure that's meant to be lived. And so, you know. That's right. I totally agree. And, Sandy, we have uh, some callers on the switchboard. I was wondering if you like maybe take a call or two and then talk some more and maybe take another call later or something, you know, do it casual. How do you feel about that? Uh, sure, definitely. I'd love to talk to people. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll talk Absolutely. to my switchboard operator, Sherelle. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, our first caller is area code 817. 817, you are on the air. Um, can I have Hi. your name, please, and where you're calling from? Hello. Yeah, my name is Brandy. I'm calling from Texas. Hi, Hi Brandy from Texas. Did you have a question for Sandy today? Yeah, hi, Sandy. I was curious what you could see coming up in the romance department for me. Any, a good one. Okay, in the romance department. Could you please say your your name again? Yeah, it's Brandy. Brandy. When you talk, it's almost like I'm sensing that you may even have somebody in mind, somebody that you've thought of, or a perfect... Um, yes. I, I Yes. Okay. Yes, because I have... It's actually someone talk. you've told me about before. <laughs> a couple uh-huh. of months ago, I talked to you, and you told me about this person uh-huh. while I met him. Great. Yes. Wow. You're you're yeah. the one that sent me the email. How are you doing? I'm doing yeah, I did actually. I forgot about that. I'm doing good except um I don't really know where that's going, so I just was curious what you thought. My opinion, Brandy, of that is this. Um I think you need to stop controlling it as much as you are. Um mm-hmm. in the sense yeah, I really do feel that you're, you're you're trying to control it. It's almost like you're afraid it's going to slip through your fingers at any moment. That you don't. It's like you feel like, oh, maybe it's going somewhere, but maybe it's not. And I think it's almost like trying too hard. Uh, whenever we try to force something to happen, that's when yeah. things become it becomes difficult when it shouldn't. And we, you know, I'm notorious for that myself. Now. Yeah. And as you should. And I think that once you stop controlling it as much as you do, and I just got, I actually just got that, I could hear that and it said then things will happen. So you really need to to continue to do step back as you are. And I feel um, then things will be much better. I actually could see like in my mind's eye like a butterfly flying. So you need to let it go, definitely. And I think that um, think that things will get much better for you. And I think you need to make a decision, too. I, I see a question mark in your mind, and I think you need to make a decision about that. Do you think it could be a good relationship in the future or no? See, and that's the question mark. You're, see, you're questioning that. You're controlling that. it, yeah. Yeah, you're controlling it, and you're questioning that, and that's, that's the sense that I had. 
But what you need to do, what you really need to do in your heart of hearts, okay, is you need to um, look within yourself and you need to decide, how do I really feel about this person? Now, is this something that I'm really interested in? Okay? Um, mm-hmm. But that's what, that's what you need to do because you've got that question mark. You can't be your true self with him, okay, if you're questioning, if you're forcing, if you're controlling. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Mm-hmm. You can't really enjoy if you're doing those things. Mm-hmm. Well, Brandy, thank you so much for calling. I hope Sandy gave you some very helpful insight into your situation there, and she was right before, so hopefully you listen to her words this time if it makes sense to you. Thank you so much for calling, Brandy. Uh-huh, thanks. Thanks, Brandy. Well, that was amazing because not only did you know your prediction come true for her, now that she has it, she's afraid to lose it, so she just doesn't know which direction to go. So thank you for giving her some very powerful insight into her situation, which you tapped right into once again. That was amazing. Thank you very much. I, you know, um, well, that's one of the things that I'm I'm notorious for is is controlling things. I, I try to control things to the point of you can control it so much that you're not enjoying the journey. That's that's right. part of the pro. You know what I mean? And that's part of the problem I that do. we create. Because in that, and you know, I know it's a learning experience uh, for for us. And you know, thinking back to Brandy. But she's she's gonna control it to the point where it'll, it'll just fizzle out, and I'm sure that's not what she wants to do. Right, absolutely. Very good. Well, Cheryl, you want to bring in one more call for now, or she's had some more, and then. Absolutely. Let's bring in another caller. We have uh, caller area code three five two. Area code three five two. You are on the line with Sandy with Beyond the Gate Radio. Can I have your name and location that you're calling from, please? Yes, this is Cindy. I'm in Florida. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. How are you all this evening? Awesome. Great. Super. Did did you have a question for Sandy today, Cindy? I do. Sure. I was wondering if you can um, tune in to the... uh, a legal situation and the outcome and what you see happening with that, how it's progressing right now. Okay. Can you say your your name again for me, please? Cindy. I keep getting the words can't, can't go in my mind. Can't go, can't, can't do it. Give me one moment. You know, I have a sense, a very strong sense, that you're involved in something that has made you feel... um, 
I would say um, completely, um, what are the right words here? She's feeling flustered and hopeless and challenged. Yes, yes, yes. There's a specific word that I'm, I'm getting to, but that's basically it, that you've been extremely um, upset by the situation and feel that somebody is overpowering almost. It's overpowering to you. It's too much. Um, but that I think in the end that you will prevail and that that it will work out okay and be just fine are the words that I'm actually seeing are just fine. So whenever I see words like that or images, then that's, that's really, really critical to the puzzle. So I think it'll be just fine. But there's something, there's going to be some um, early setback or something where it's not going to quite, um, I guess, go either go right away. Uh, sometimes these things get delayed. And I think it might take a little bit more time. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, actually, it's been going on for quite some time, and it was there was yeah. a lot of fraud and corruption involved, and um, so I'm yeah. fighting them back in court trying trying to stop it. They've done I, quite a bit, and um, Cindy, there's a big cover-up going on. Been, yeah, I, Cindy, and like I said before, I was looking for the right words, uh, was overpowered, and I, I, I see men, but I think you've been overpowered, wrongfully so, and of course, well, overpowering somebody is wrong anyways, but it was very wrongfully. It's a private um, army <laughs> that's involved aha. in a land takeover. <laughs> just a second, and I okay. just said men. I just said men, and I said overpowered. Yep, yeah, yep, you're so right. That was very critical. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. You I'm just giving you confirmation. You're right. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the validation. But I do want to tell you, there's something I saw the when you first started speaking, I saw the word can't, can't go. There's going to be some something delayed. But don't worry. Because I saw the words just fine. That's confirmation enough to me that it will work out in the end. Don't give up. But I want to tell you this. When you are thinking about the situation, let's say it comes up in your mind, okay? There's nothing you can do about it every second of the day, right? Right. So do not place too much emphasis on your thoughts at all times because it's going to wear you down. And you need your strength when you have to um, stand up, if you will. But do not place too much emphasis on your thoughts about the situation, I need you to believe that things will be fine because those are the words that I saw. So you need to you need to go in there confident and prepared, and you will be fine. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I Thank do. you. Thank you for calling, Cindy. Awesome. We appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome, Cindy. Well, that that was another amazing reading. Sometimes when there's a lot of things going on there, you have to fight through it to get to it, but you did, which uh, makes me want to ask you, you know, you are on the telephone, on the radio, back east, this person is in Florida, you're, you're talking to them, and you made a psychic connection with them through a question that they've asked you. Yes. So a lot of people are probably thinking that, well, you know, 
and you ask her for her name again, so she said her name. So you're able to tap into your energy and see things, and as you work through it, you're trying to address different things about what you see, which is a challenge in the South. So that's psychic. Uh, is that your psychic energy going and meeting hers and then reading into what's going on once she asked you the question? You know, I, I tell you, when I started doing um, psychic readings, which was about a year after my near-death experience, and I've just started to do them naturally for people um, that I saw. And it's just something that I, I hadn't done a lot of research on. I just It's just something I do naturally. Um, if I see them in person or if it's on the phone or wherever, I connect immediately. Um, I prefer, to, I can do a reading um, through Skype. I can do it anywhere, anytime, but I really like to have a voice because it helps me, it resonates, and it helps me connect. I love um, to do them in person most of all um, because I like to look into their eyes. I can read their eyes, and by looking into the iris, I can see their past and what they've been through. Um, I did a live event last fall where I was doing readings, and I noticed that every time I had somebody in front of me, I would look into their iris, and I told the lady, uh, one of the clients, and I said to her, you know, I'm really sorry, and she said, what? I said, I'm looking into your eye, and I can see that you've been abused. And she said, wow. Yeah, she said, I was. She said, I really was. And I said, I'm really sorry about that. You've gone through a lot. She said, yes, I have. Um, the gentleman had actually passed away uh, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but before he did that, um, he, he beat her. But I saw that. That's amazing. You know, I did a reading this Very afternoon, good. and the lady asked me, well, how do you know, you know, that you've seen things from me, or how do you know that's my and my fallen spirit, so forth and so on, I tell them that, you know, we're all individuals. We all have an individual fingerprint, and our energy it has its own uniqueness about it as well. So when you, you know, know who you're tapping into, it's kind of like the cosmic Internet. Your energy just goes right to that unique energy and starts working. That's how I believe it happens. You know, yes. it, just, it just goes out automatically. And I think that's amazing. Uh, you know what, Sandy? The uh, I'm not going to, you know, make you do reading after reading because we're going to stay at a casual rate uh, pace. That is, but and I appreciate that. I tell you because sure. I've I've been up since about 7 a.m. and I did uh, edits for about eight hours. <laughs> so, so what we're going to do yeah. is the switchboard is really filling up. So to try and get everybody through and not make you work like a workhorse, which, you know, we shouldn't have to do it because this is for entertainment. Uh, we're going to take a caller, have them ask a question, and Sherelle will put them on mute while you address the question, to be fair, so it's not long protracted reading. And that way you can get to the heart of it, and then we can maybe get a couple more people a little, little bit later as it goes. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. Uh, what do you mean by mute? Are you putting us on mute? Or? No, the the person calling you. We're, the caller, whoever calls Sandy, please ask your question that you'd like to 
ask of Sandy, and then we will uh, meet you and, and give Sandy a chance to give you the reading. Okay. But we won't meet you, Sandy, because then they won't be able to hear it. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Well, I didn't know what you guys were going to do, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. I mean, that's fine. You can tell I've, I've kind of been up for a while. That's yeah. all right. We're going to make the listeners read your mind. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> sure enough. Please do. Okay. Um, our next caller is area code 818. 818. Hello? There we go. 818. Hi. Hi. Can I have your name, Hi. please? And what sure. are you calling from? Ellie from California. Ellie? Yes. Or Elise. Oh, hi, Ellie. Ellie. Welcome to the hi, show. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, how are you? Um, I just Hi, fine, how are you? Good. Very good. Okay, I just have a question. Um, well it's not really a question, just maybe some advice. I just got my master's of public health and I graduated this past week and I was wondering and curious as to how you went about your path in getting your PhD in holistic health and if you see that possibly in my future. My mother is asking me, are you going to go get your PhD? And I'm just like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's something that's for me. But if yes. I... Okay. Um, Ellie, right? Ellie? Or is it Elise? I'm yes, sorry. Ellie. E-L-L-I-E. Okay, Ellie. Um, the answer is yes, because when you started talking, I saw the word doctor. So the answer okay. is yes, you will be getting a PhD. Um, you're very smart and very, very quick. Um, definitely go for it. Don't sit on it. Um, this is something that you've been contemplating, and it's something that would be very good for you, and you're very, very good with, I would say, children, actually, too, with women and children. Yes. Especially. I definitely want to work. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'm so burnt out. I'm so burnt out with school. I know. No, but look, listen, listen. Take the summer and relax, but you've got to get right back in the saddle, I'm telling you, because you're very, very good with children, and that's the thing that, that really came up when you started to talk with children and doctors. So, yes. Yes, yes. You're going to get your doctorate. You're going to be working with um, women and children, especially, and I would say, too, children that have um, uh, immune issues. And and I think, too, you get your Ph.D. in something like holistic health. You need to do a search on different different places, and there's a few things that maybe I can help kind of guide you with that as well. If, If you go connect with me later, and maybe we can work through that together. Um, but I would say, you know, definitely do a search. But I would say get started later this year. Take some time off, relax, but you're going to get started. And you can take your time because a lot of these um, courses are online. You can do it at your own pace. So you're not going to feel super stressed and, and rushed. But you're going to be amazingly happy. It's going to fill you up like you've never been filled before. I think it's really um, your past, because children especially who suffer from asthma, you know, like I suffered from asthma and things, um, there are different things that you can do 
Um, I've always believed in integrating traditional medicine as well as holistic medicine, and I really feel that if you help to do that for people, um, it's going to be a great, great public service. I really do, so go for it. Well, Ellie, I hope that uh, that helped you, and uh, when you get a chance, like Sandy says, just connect with her. You'll be able to find her website in the chat room or at www.sandiesandiee.com. Okay? Thank you very much. And, uh, Sandy, um, it's the top of the hour, and we're going to take like a two-minute break. Is that okay with you? That's fine. Sure. Okay. Okay, everyone, we're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be back with you in a moment. Everybody and welcome back to Beyond the Gate Radio. I hope everybody had a chance to get their water, their coffee, or do what they had to do. But now we are back. We have 27 minutes left in the show. So, Sandy, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here with everyone. Yes. What we like about the show is that we're open-minded. We think outside the box. We do support our guests, and hopefully somebody will take with them something from each show. If not, just be entertained, because 
we are hopefully the purveyors of information as well as the entertainers. So thank you again for joining us tonight. And I want to let the listeners know that you know, Sandy, starting tomorrow, is going to offer a portion of her book on audio. Her new book, Butterfly Soul, story about her journey and her transformation, on her website, www.sandy.com. It's posted in the chat room. She will order. Uh, she will offer one chapter in audio as a... Well, Sandy, you tell us what you're going to do with it. Yes, absolutely. What I'm going to do is offer um, one of the chapters um, free where you can listen. It'll be an audio. So all you have to do is click it, and, and you can you can listen and see if that's something that you'd like to get. Um, the book will be out in approximately uh, a week. Uh, we're, we're in the last phases here with the publisher. Uh, but I will go ahead and offer that on my website, which is sandy.com. That's S-A-N-D-I-E-E.com, where you can go and listen to it. And um, you know, and I and I'd love to connect with you. You know, let me know what you think. I think that's wonderful. That's really uh, a great way to you know, it's kind of like going to music sites where you can listen to a sample of music before you buy it. I think that's awesome. I would definitely would go for something like that myself. So we have some more people waiting in queue. Okay. Would you like me to take it take it from there, David? Go right ahead. All right. Um, we'll take area code 914. 914, welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. And our guest today is Sandy, 914. Hi. Hi, Sandy. I just wanted to ask hi. you. Um, hi. My name is Celeste, and I wanted to know what intuitive gifts do you see I, that I have? Can you please say your name again for me? Celeste. Celeste? Yes, Celeste. Yeah, first of all, you're great at reading people and vibing them and knowing um, what kind of people they are. Um, clairvoyantly, I think you can get um, information. Do you know what I'm saying, Celeste? Yeah, the reading people, that's that's correct. Clairvoyantly. Yeah, you vibe them. Yeah, very much. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry? No, very much so. Yes, you vibe them, and you're very, very good at it. Um, and you're very good at giving guidance to others and people that you know. Like if, the, if they're unsure about a situation, you vibe the people, you get a sense about the people they're talking about. You know um, what to do in situations based on those people, based on the information that you're getting or picking up about those individuals. So it's very, very helpful. You're like a light worker in your community, and you're very, very um, good at this. And you need to continue doing it because we need people in every community, um, light workers, everywhere we go, because it's going to help. I think make you know this entire world a better place. So I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. I would say definitely continue that, um, and maybe you can develop other skills as well. And I think one of them is um, picking up clairvoyant images and and getting information that way. Um, almost like too, I feel that you've almost um, communicated with people, um, some of the people from your past, 
as well. Like you know, I think you have had them guiding you and you can sense them and know of their presence, that kind of thing, like a medium. Almost like I think that's here. something. Um, I would say uh, maybe a, a little bit of that, um, but I would say as a medium, you could connect with people who have passed on. You know what I mean? So I think people that you know, uh, relatives of yours, that I can, I feel that you've been picking up of their presence around you. Okay, and I think that that's going to be a skill that you develop even more. So what I'm doing is I'm telling you, okay, well, you're good at really vibing people and picking up um, information about them and what they're really like, like sizing them up, if you will. But I think that one of the things and skills that you're going to develop over time is uh, medium, being a medium, and picking up information about those that have passed. And I think people that you know um, over time as they start to pass away, that you'll start to connect you know what I'm saying, and get information like their guides or guiding you or guiding other people. But you know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. And thank you so much, Les, for calling. We really appreciate that. And you're right, Sandy, you know, some people, they have something going on and they kind of think they have it, but they're not sure. So thank you for confirming what's going on with her. I'm sure that will make her very happy and she'll pursue it even more. Yes, thank you, Celeste. And you know, when you get when you use your gift, Sandy, do you like get visions or hearing or feelings or you know I know that all some of the gifts work in concert with each other. Mm-hmm. I, all of them, wow! All of them, and I get a combination. I can hear it, I can see it, I can feel it, and sometimes I have the sense of smell with it as well. So I can I get a combination of things. I could actually see her sizing up people. I could actually see that in my mind's eye when she started to talk. So I knew that she was vibing people right away. And that's one of the first things that I started to do after my near-death experience was to vibe people, was to um, get information. Like I knew upon meeting somebody whether they, what their intentions were, um, what they thought of me. Um, I, I could really pick up on their thoughts. So Celeste is very good with telepathy. So I could see her vibing people. Um, but I use a combination of things. So it depends on the, the client and um, and their needs, I suppose. Yes, it's different for each situation, I, I suppose. Mhm. Yeah, and definitely. It took me a while to discover what I use most, and that's mostly clairvoyance, I can see everything that's going on, and uh, clairconsciousness, I get telepathic messages, and uh, sometimes I get clear audience, but you know, not all the time, only when I guess they really want to tell me something. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah mostly, definitely. Mm-hmm. And clairsentience too, but not to the degree where I can feel, you know, if somebody died of a heart attack, I feel it, I don't, I don't get it, I just see a picture on the person or a dark area or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, for example, the uh, you know, I got something strange in one of the readings I did today. I asked this lady, if, uh, I described the follow to the lady. She said, that sounds like him. I said, um, did he smoke? Because this person, first of all, I said, is he clean shaven? Yes. 
And then he, I see something like this person in spirit blowing smoke out of his mouth. I'm saying, well, that's different. You know, so I asked her, uh, did he smoke? And she said, yep. <laughs> so, I mean, I usually see it by somebody showing me themselves laying in the bed in a dark area in their, in their lungs, you know, mm-hmm. and, and cigarettes or something like that. But I've never seen it with somebody just blowing smoke at you, you know, like you're they're looking at you through a window and smiling at you, then they blow smoke out of their mouth to your face. I said, oh, my goodness, I never got, had spirit give it to me this way before. Oh, Has that ever happened to you, a change like that? You know, sometimes. I mean, there's so many amazing examples. One of the ones I feel compelled to tell you, and I don't know if this is completely relating to what you just said, but it's something that I um, I feel that I want to tell Um I was doing, um, I had someone on the phone, and they were holding up a jar of coins, and they said, "Um, can you please give me information about these coins? And I said, okay. The the thing that I got immediately with them was I saw a jar of coins in my mind's eye, and I saw a red opaque fog around it, and I told them, I said, those coins have a very evil attachment extremely evil, and I don't feel comfortable, um, I wouldn't feel comfortable around them. Well, it turns out that they were connected to Hitler. And they were... Wow. Collect- yeah, they were collector's items. They were, And um, so it was very interesting. And after that, he held up a guitar pick, and he said to me, what color is this guitar pick? And keep in mind, we're on the phone. And I said, okay. I said, Let- I said give me a moment. And so then I said to him, yellow and red. Well, the pick was orange, but I could see the colors individually. <laughs> Close enough. In my opinion. Yeah, it was really funny. It was the blending of the two, of course. It was so funny. Um, but, you know, recently I had done some um, ghost investigations in Gettysburg, and Ooh. I went, yeah, it was amazing. I went to the Spiritualist Museum, had an amazing time with those people. And anyways, I had gone into the basement, and I didn't know what the basement was used for um, at the time. Okay, eventually they told us, but they hadn't told me at that point. But I went in the basement to do some EVPs. And so I told the two gentlemen that were with me, and I said, look, and I said, I can see a lady that she's running around very busy with the family. She's cooking and cleaning, and she's, she's extremely busy. And so the EVP that we got down there was peach pie. And it turns out that it used to be a kitchen. But I had no idea. Um, Yeah, it was pretty amazing because I could see her doing that. Um, But then I asked, I said, well, who's the president? And the response was Lincoln. Yep, that's why it's good to have a medium, you know. And not everybody, not all investigators uh, one medium because maybe that's not their purpose, but I find it helpful to have one anyway, you know, for verification. And you stated what you saw, and then it came out in the EVP, so that's a validation to me. That's very interesting. And one of the things I want to mention real quickly about that, which was also very interesting, was I had to go to the bathroom. Well, that's not amazing. Everybody <laughs> has to go to the toilet at one point. Right. Isn't that right? Right. So, I had to stop and say, all right, guys, I've got to go to the bathroom, seriously. So I went to the bathroom, and while I, and I left the lights out. I don't know why I left the light. I was, I was going in the dark. 
Well, anyways, I felt fingers going through the top of my hair, and I, and I knew spirit was touching me while I was going to the bathroom, and I was like, oh, my. I couldn't help it. I had to go, so I just continued to go. Well, then after I was finished, I walked out. I told the, the guys um, in charge, and I said, look, I said, I was just touched in the bathroom. And they told me, well, that was a common thing, that, that women are often touched in there. So we all crowded into the bathroom and shut the door, about eight of us, and we started doing EVPs. And I said, um, did you touch my hair? And then we played back the uh, recording, and the EVP was, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. There you go. There you yes. go. And so they're going to try to give me a copy of that. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to have to contact them to see if they can give that to me because it was amazing. It was very clear. The EVP was very clear. That's amazing. Isn't it? Oh, yeah, it certainly is. Maybe you could post some EVPs on your website one time. That would be great to listen to also. That's Yeah, that's a great idea. That's, that's a, a great good idea. idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to try to... Um, to get a hold of those EVPs, I've asked people to to please do that to get that to me. Um, but I hope to do a show based on those two nights in Gettysburg. That would be wonderful. Oh yeah, that'd be wonderful to listen to for sure. Mhm. Yeah, we got a lot of evidence that night. Yeah, it was great. You have a lot of things ahead of you too. Oh that, yeah. That's awesome. Wonderful. Could you tell us what's what's up and coming for you? Well, uh, the book is the really, really big thing. Um, I hope to have a lot more um, speaking engagements coming up. I will be appearing at the Shanley Hotel. So you can go to my website or go to shanleyhotel.com, and I will be doing a live event in New York from the Shanley Hotel where I'll be doing a gallery reading at the end but the, the whole beginning, the first hour or so, will be about my book and about my journey and discussing that. And I will be taking questions and have my book available as well. But after that, we're going to get, do an investigation of the Haunted Shanley Hotel, and that's going to be amazing. That's going to be in July, the end of July. That is amazing. And, folks, that's not the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. That's the Shanley Hotel in New York. There's a difference there. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference, and hopefully I will be making it to the Stanley as well. I've I've um, really made friends with them out there, and uh, hopefully I'll be doing going there as well. But so I do have some uh, different things um, coming up, and I have a regular radio show on the Parax Radio Network. It's every Thursday night at 10 p.m. And again, you can get the, everything, the links from my website. I'm also on Facebook, and I'd love to connect with you on there as well. But all the information is on sandy.com. Well, thank you for updating us on that. And the comedian in me wants to say, well, Sandy, where are you going next to the Shanley? Oh, great. What are you going to do after that? Well, the next natural step is to go to the Stanley, from the Shanley to the Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry I couldn't help but I had to throw that in there. <laughs> Well, we're getting near the end of the show. I was wondering, do you feel like taking another caller? Have, uh, sure, have absolutely. Ask a, a question and that you do uh, answer it for them? Sure. Okay. We're going to have area code 613. Um, I'm going to unmute you and go ahead and state your name and um, where you're calling from. And 
Go ahead and ask Sandy your question, okay? Area code hey. 613. Good evening, all of you. Six. My name is Liz. I'm Good calling evening. from Ontario. I'm calling from Ontario. Oh, great. I love my friends in Canada. <laughs> um, I, I had a... <laughs> that's great. Uh, I had a visit last night. Um, it was... Uh, I heard some steps. Somebody, like, even with uh, high heels in my family room, I first thought it was my daughter that had come back with friends. Then I realized, like, if they're wearing shoes, there's something wrong. <laughs> Somebody must be sick or something. So I decided to... Go, come downstairs, and uh, there wasn't anybody there. As soon as I got the family room, all those the sound of those steps just stopped, and I was wondering, is you know, do you have to do something, or it's just a few spirits that decided to have a party last night? <laughs> That's great. Well, you know, and I love your spirit because you're not. A, I don't think you're afraid at all. I, I really love your spirit about this, and I think it's um, actually I do think it's an energy around, and I think it's a female energy for sure. Um, I want to say I'm seeing an image in my mind, you know, and I'm not going to hesitate telling you what I see. It's a lady wearing kind of a funny looking little hat. Uh, maybe it's not funny looking to her, and I don't mean any. Um, you know, disrespect or anything, <laughs> but she's got like a funny little hat on. And I think it's, um, I want to say, I see the number two, maybe two generations back actually, um, grandmotherly type. She's not a grandmother. I think it goes back, goes goes back too, goes back too. So I think um, great-grandmother type and a very nice soul. And I think this lady was very spiritual which is a soul clue. I call them soul clues. She, she was a very spiritual lady. Um, she liked to dress up a lot. And I think um, I can even see her with gloves on as well, like gloves and a, and a little hat. And I think that she's, she's watching you. I could actually hear that. She's watching you. So you're going you're gonna to sense her more and more as time goes on. She's watching you like a guide. She wants to make sure that you're okay. Um, she's looking after you. I think that your um, decisions is another word that I heard, and I think she's going to help you with some upcoming decisions that you're making. You're a very nice lady, and I think that um, that she doesn't want anything to happen. She wants you know she wants you to feel good about the decisions that you're making, but she's 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 staying after you. She's watching you, and that she wants you to know that. But I think that she's definitely going to stay with you and you're going to pick up on her more and more um a very lovely soul does any of that make sense <laughs> uh, yeah well it's not the first time that it's more and more often there are things that are paranormal yes. i would say that are happening yes, to me that's what i say and i mm-hmm. and, and, and i was wondering do, is there something i have to develop or you know do you have to learn more about something or i just have to just wait and see. No. It, it's not, you know, and I we call these things paranormal or haunting, but I, I think it's more of a loving soul or loving presence, just as in my situation where I had my, my grandmother is always around me, guiding me and, and helping me, um, nudging me to make the right decisions. 
and I, I think you're fine, but I think there are going to be some things coming up for you that you're going to have to make some some tough decisions. And, and important, oh, yes. important is, is that make sense? It is. Yeah. Oh, yes, I do. Yes. I do. I have. Yes. I have the, I have a cousin who who is bankrupt right now, and I don't know. Like, um, I don't know if I have if 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 helping her is not helping, or if not helping is helping more. I I don't have a clue right now, because I had a discussion with my aunt last night, and my aunt was telling me how intelligent she is, but she. There is, you know, she cannot balance things real well. But you can be an excellent example for her. Do you see what I'm saying? And I think okay. that the spirit that's around you is guiding you and helping you make decisions about that because there's, I, I sense that there was something important going on, something that uh, was important. So you need to make a decision about it, and this spirit oh. is helping you do that. Um, and I think that we need, and I feel like I need to say this to you, I feel that you need to to help with like a loving sort of guidance with this person. You know, she's made some decisions. She's gone bankrupt. She's having trouble financially. And I think you do need to give her support, um, especially emotional support, that kind of thing. But, but you know, she's got to learn um, to do That's some right. things on her own. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Not you know, financial re- support. That's what I correct. got to that's what I'm saying. Um, um, emotional support is what I was getting that you need to help her with. But, yeah, financially she needs to learn to do that by herself um, the hard way. I actually could hear that, clear audience, um, the hard way. And so sometimes, and a lot of people are going through this right now, you know, with these economic hard times. But do be an emotional support for her and stand by you know, your decision. And this little spirit, this gentle spirit is around you, helping you, um, you know, with that, with those kind of things. And you're going to sense more, like I told you, you're going to sense her more and more, and that's exactly what you said. And so that will continue. You know, but don't be afraid of it. It's not a haunting. It's a loving presence that's reaching through the veil to communicate, to help you with, with life. That's That's all it is. Well, thank you, young lady from Ontario, Canada, for calling. We really appreciate it. That was most excellent. And I hope that Sandy, you know, gave you some good answers there. It certainly sounded good to me. And, you know, Sandy, um, I've noticed, you know, a lot of people also in the last decade or so have been noticing that what they call the veil is thinning and time is speeding up, and maybe that could be the cause of it. I don't know. I've read somewhere that 1912, 1940s, and recently the earth has sped up by a small certain percentage, and maybe that's causing time to go by faster, but we just don't notice it. And then as far as the veil thinning, I think that's from something else. I think that we're in a, on the path, uh, maybe what you call New Age of Enlightenment or something some type of transformation is helping, uh, happening on this earth, and more and more people are reporting more and more experiences. So I, I don't feel it's the end of the world in 2012. I feel that we're going through a positive transformation. We're headed to a new uh, spiritual paradigm. What do you think? Absolutely. Um, I've had visions, actually, about next year. 
Um, so there's definitely um, a, a, a spiritual awakening, if you will, worldwide. Um, but with that said, I also feel that it might become more difficult for people to recognize what they need to do, to recognize that they need to become awakened, if you will. Um, there's going to be some uh, pushing against, if you will. And I think people need to to realize, wait a minute, you know, we do need that spiritual aspect back in our lives. We need that so much. And I think that's going to be one of the things that I really um, start to talk to people about, you know, around the country. I hope to travel and I hope to connect with people and let them know you do need that spiritual aspect back to you. I'm, you know, so I'm not afraid to discuss that. Well, thank you very much for explaining that. And I want to ask you one more question. I didn't take uh, a lot. uh, We have a few more calls online, but I didn't take any more because you've been up since early this morning. You're tired, and we can always have you on the show again sometime. Yeah, I'd love to come back. And they can also call you on your show for readings as well. So I apologize to anybody I didn't get to, but... uh, but Sandy, thank you so much for sharing your uh, insight with us, your experiences, and your book, Butterfly. Uh, Butterfly Soul. Soul. Butterfly Soul. Butterfly Soul. Yes. It will be available soon, so uh, keep an eye out for that and go to sandy.com, S A N D I E.com. Read about her, get a reading from her, uh, listen to her great radio shows, and I know they're, they're great. Speaking from experience, Sandy, is there anything you have to say? To anybody or everybody before we say goodnight. I just loved being on your program and connecting with everybody. And if you'd like to connect with me, again, just go to my website. I, I, I would love to interact with you because I want everyone out there to live their best life now. Oh, thank you so much, Sandy. Thank, thank you, so Sandy. Much. Thank you, Cheryl. I had a great time. We did too. And Cheryl. Have a wonderful night. Thank you, Sherelle, for co-hosting. Thank you. Bye, Sandy. Bye, Bye, Sandy. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Gate. Good night. Good night.